I felt and saw this presence of something like a ghost. As I was reaching for my keys, something growled at me coming out of the basement. It was bad energy. I was sort of feeling like I was letting Satan out of hell. I saw out of the corner of my eye what I thought was the girl falling off the roof. I, I couldn't think. It was so loud and I was so terrified that I just froze. I'm not calling for that. I'm calling because I'm freaking out here. I felt this presence try to push itself down on top of me very violently. It would not go away. It's freaking me out. And look at my arm and it's got a stretch on it. Let's do it. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Ghosts of Greystone. And we are excited to be here. We're excited that you're joining us. And uh, my name is Cleet. And I'm Chris. And we are the Keith brothers, those Keith brothers. Those Keith brothers. And we are thrilled to to talk about Greystone, which is one of my passions. And uh, I was a ranger and uh, worked logistics and, and events for 22 years. And Chris, you were there for... I was there 18 years. Okay. So what we should probably do is give a history of the mansion. It won't be that long because I know you want to get into the ghosts. And we will. Trust I do. me. I do. Um, but give a history of the mansion so they know where, where it's all coming from. Okay. That, that'll set up why possibly it is the way it is. Uh, it, in, in the late 1800s... Uh, Edward Lawrence Doheny uh, came to, he was from Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, and he came to L.A. looking for gold, and he never found gold. He ended up seeing some guy with a, like a, a cart, like a wagon, pulling some stuff down the street. And he went up to this guy and said, what do you, what do you got in there? And the guy said, it looked like black rock, big black rock. And he said, what is that? And, he said, and the guy said, well, it's Brea like La Brea Tar Pits out here in L.A. And he said, it's Brea, and what it is is it's oil that seeped through the ground and ends up hardening. And he says, what do you do with that? And he goes, I sell it for fuel. And that gave him the idea of, oh, so maybe that's what I'll do out here. So he and, and a friend of his, Charles Canfeld, who came out, uh, they decided they would buy a small little plot of land at Wilshire and Alvarado, which is in downtown L.A. here. And they bought this. It's, it was a really small little plot of land. And they decided with a pick and an axe, they were going to go down and find oil. So they started in and they got down uh, 150 feet. That's 15 stories down. With a pick and an axe, I uh, just can't believe Th it. That's in, it. Really, is incredible. But it, but it gets a lot crazier than that. They ended up going and getting a uh, an, a eucalyptus tree, the straightest eucalyptus tree they could find. And once they got that, then they carved at the very end of it, like like a a, a, a drill bit kind of carving at the end, lowered it down, and with ropes. And I'm guessing, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm guessing like mules or donkeys, whatever, and, and did circles and circles and circles and in essence drilled down in the hole. They went down 450 feet. Okay. That's 45 stories. 
450 feet, they went You're down. You're sure of that? Yes. It's yes. impossible. No, I know. It sounds really impossible. But they went down 450 feet, and they hit oil. Wow. And then they started bringing up, I think it was like seven to nine barrels a day, and then more and more. And they ended up having, with that money, had derricks all throughout L.A., Signal Hill, everywhere. They had derricks all over the place. And once they made enough money... They went down to Tampico, Mexico, right, and uh, really, you know, took advantage of, of, of the Mexican people down there because they saw somebody came to him and said, "You should see the oil; it's coming out of the ground out here." So they went. He went down there and he uh, looked at the land and bought the land from the Mexicans and made a killing. And eventually, he hit a 600-foot geyser. That's 60 stories high. It took two weeks to cap. Once he capped it, he became a billionaire. And it was was the Rockefellers and the Doheny's. And honestly, at that time, the Doheny's were producing more oil than the Rockefellers Mm. from this. And uh, so with that, that ton of money, he came back... He bought land. He was living down by USC at a beautiful location, SC. Next door to him was his son, Ned, and his wife and kids. And he ended up buying 420, about 429 acres right. in that area, which was ended up being Beverly Hills, which eventually sold a lot of it off to Paul Truesdale, which became Truesdale Estates, for those of you who live out here. And uh, with that acreage, he gave his son, Ned... As a wedding gift, 12 and a half acres, basically, 12.58 acres. With that, Ned was able to start his, his mansion and the land that would eventually be known as uh, Greystone Park or Greystone Mansion, but then it became... The 429 acres, was that called Doheny Ranch? It was called Do- it the was, Doheny Ranch, okay. yeah. And so... Um, in uh, March of uh, March fifteenth, nineteen twenty-six, he received that land from his father, and almost a year later, February fifteenth, nineteen twenty-seven, they started construction on the home, and uh, and I'll, I'll tell you about the home because it's it's pretty amazing. Um, it, it's basically uh, it was built by the architect was Frank Kaufman who was very well known at that time, one, mm-hmm. of, one of the best out here in L.A. And he did the L.A. Times building downtown. He did the Hollywood Palladium and the Hoover Dam. I mean, he, he was a cement guy, if you, if you kind of pick up the message there. Poured a lot of cement. So the house itself is poured cement. And it's uh, poured cement with rebar. And the outside... Is the roof cement too? No, the roof, the roof is Welsh slate, really okay. thick. Thick okay. Welsh slate. Okay. Uh, the outside is bordered by Indiana limestone. And those of us who are in the paranormal community know that limestone is a conductor of energy. And like the Stanley Hotel, that's where, where Stephen King wrote right. The Shining. That's built on a huge plot of limestone. Wow. So, what was the size of the home? What, what? Well, it's, uh, it ended up being uh, 46,000 square feet. 55 rooms, 67 altogether, uh, meaning walk-in closets and everything. Wow. And uh, so that was started. 
uh, in on f- uh, March fifteenth, nineteen twenty-seven, and by September twenty-fourth, nineteen twenty-eight. Think about that. How fast this is a huge mansion. By September of the next year, Ned, his wife Lucy, daughter Lucy, son Larry. They call, he was Edward Jr. They, Larry and uh. Uh, let me see how many, Larry and William and Patrick and Timothy. There you go. Timothy was the youngest. Uh, they were able to move into the house. So they moved in on September 24th, 1928. Mm-hmm. And right around four months later, February 16th, 1929, Ned and his secretary, Hugh Plunkett, were lying dead in the mansion. And we're going to get into all that. You'll hear everything. Now on the... Uh, South end of the property, what did they have? Well, yeah, remember, so you have the mansion. The mansion was built for $1.2 million. The whole property ended up being $3.1 million. Remember, this is back when a penny meant something, and there was the, the depression was coming on. So this was incredible. Right now, the property, I think, they say for 2023, the property would be worth $50 million. $53 million, it says. Is but that what it is? It's got to be way more than way that. Way more than way that. More. No, 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 no. So it's a lot more. Um, so at the south end of the property, so you have the mansion, but there were waterfalls. There were parks, like a park-type thing up top, uh, a three-quarter scale dollhouse for their daughter, Lucy, who was very spoiled and got whatever she wanted. And one of the things was a three-quarter scale dollhouse. It's crazy. The top of the property. Bottom of the property yeah. was uh, car garages where they had like, I think it was for eight or 10 cars, huge cars they had back then. They also had uh, horse stables mm-hmm. and they had a huge, which is still, that the, the structure is still there, which is a greenhouse. Right. And that's still there. And they're thinking about maybe renovating it. Who knows? Wow. Um, and that's where the, the gardeners lived down there above the car garage. And uh, it was the place to be. Very, uh, all the, whoever, it was, it became known as the uh, Hearst Castle of Southern California. So that's how, that's how amazing it was. And you've got so, a couple notes here. It says uh, two maids triangle. Oh, well, with- well okay. So here's the deal. <laughs> Let's get into the. Oh, but first, before yeah, we do. There's more. Uh, at Greystone, I wanted to ask you what. Uh, the restrooms and stuff like that. What what were the most asked questions? I mean, oh, I, I'm just always well, curious about that. Okay, so um, there is a firehouse that's right outside. It's we call it the East Court. Um, it's right outside the the inner courtyard. There's a firehouse uh, there. There back then in those days, remember 429 acres. They uh, they had to have a, their own right. fire department. The right. fire department ended up being a horse and a big cylinder with water, right? So yeah. that's what they go and put out the fires. Um, up above our, uh, our offices, was my office was up above there for the last couple of years I was there. And down below are uh, public restrooms. So, But when I worked there and I was uh, walking around either in a uniform or just walking around meeting people... Uh, there were two questions that they asked me originally. The two questions were, is this place haunted and where are the restrooms? Those, those were the, really the, <laughs> the main two questions that were asked of me. And when people say that they, don't, you know, they talk about the hauntings and don't talk about the hauntings, because I was told that at the beginning when I started working there, let's not talk about that. They had some people, uh, uh, Patrick was still alive, one of the, the uh, 
uh, family members were still alive, and Lucy actually was still alive as well. Um, so they didn't want to talk about that. But everybody knew about it because they would come up and ask me. Everybody knows about it now. Right. They still come up and, and ask, hey, right. tell me about this house. So it's not a secret. It's well known. And it's the real deal. And after being there 22 years. Yeah, we, we, you were going to retire. So you Yeah. Were... Yeah, so I, I was, I was uh, COVID came along. It was time to leave. And uh, I just thought, I, uh, what am I going to do after I get out of there? I'm, I've been a writer all my life as well. And I just, I actually went to bed and prayed one night and said, let me know what I'm supposed to do because I don't know what I'm going to do when I get out of here. So I, I woke up, literally woke up at three o'clock, which is dead time, Right. woke up at three o'clock and I didn't hear a voice, but what was in my head was write a book about your tour. I'd never written a book. I'd written plays and, and, and films and things, but never wrote a book. And it was write a book about the tour. And I laid there and went, write a book about my tour? Well, my tour was ghost tours. I mean, I would do that. I'd talk because I was really fascinated by it all. And uh, got up and met Chris for coffee one morning before we went to work at, in Beverly Hills. And I said, hey, I came up with this idea. And he said, go for it. It's a great idea. So that's how this came to be. And then it became a process of, well, I'll write down what I know. Then I'll talk, well, Steve Clark, who's a ranger there, good friend of mine. I'll talk to him about what he's gone yeah, through. Every some... time you talk to somebody, they had two or three others. Well, you, you think my story's good. You should talk to so-and-so. Yeah. yeah. And it just kept going and going and yeah. going until. It was, it was 86 different people with, and, and there's one person had 24 stories because they worked <laughs> there quite some time. I think Steve Clark, Ranger Steve, had 18 stories. And some people had one story, but the story was off the charts crazy. So they kept turning me on different people, and it was fantastic. And then so it took three years to write this book, and we did it. And uh, released it at a perfect time right when COVID started. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you do what you do. Yeah. You do what you can. We had that huge book opening, right? Yeah. The book launch. Yeah, big launch. Which was in the parking lot with you and I. Yeah, it was just us. Yeah, but anyway. Um, Regardless, uh, the main thing for us was to tell the truth about this location. A lot of people don't want to talk about it. Um, The city's loosened up quite a bit. There's some great people. I met some great people there working, and they're they're very excited about the book and all that stuff, and I'm not going to just... To promote the book, I want to talk about the story. Let's get into the mansion. Let's talk about the. You want to go inside? Let's do the grand entry. Let's start with the okay. Porticasheri. Let's go in. Okay. So when you come in, you go up this long driveway and you come up to the west court and you go into the Porticasheri. And the Porticasheri basically is an overhang that allows people to drive through and get out to enter the house. It goes around a circle in the courtyard. And back in those days, if you're going to be there just a short amount of time, they'd park your car in a, in a garage that's right there, right off the portico share. If you were friends, you're going to hang in for a while, then the, 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 the valet would take the car and drive it and probably right. park it down by the, by the uh, car garages down below. So you would walk up to the front to the portico share, and it's really beautiful. It's marble floor, marble, I guess, floor, mm-hmm. right? Flooring? Mm-hmm. Flooring. The entry area. The entry area. 
with beautiful posts, and the front door is has uh, wrought iron design with glass behind it. It's just the whole place was done beautifully. So and I think it was almost done a hundred years ago. It's mind-boggling. Ninety, yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Uh, so it's four years. It'll be a hundred years. So I mean, that's pretty crazy. So, um, but it's beautifully done. Uh, a lot of things happen. AFI was there from '69 to '82. They kind of tore the place up because yeah. it wasn't a historic site at that time. But um, now uh, it, you can go and just so you know, you can go and visit it if you'd like. It's a park. It is a public park, and some of the people we're going to be talking about through this podcast are still working there. Probably don't want me to say that, but they're still working there. <laughs> look them up. Don't tell them I sent you, but look them up. All right, let's talk about okay. Mr. Chan. I'm sorry. Okay, so uh, with the first Rocking up. Yeah. The first story is going to be about Ranger uh, Chan, who is uh, a, a very good friend of mine who is still there. And um, Ranger Chan was locking up one night because they had done a, uh, a play. They used to do a play in there. They're not, I'm not doing it, I don't think, anymore. Um, and uh, so it was a play about, it was called The Manor. It was a play about the family. And so once they finished and uh, everybody was done, everybody's out of the house, Chan was going to go up and lock up from the inside, put on the alarm, and go up to the door. And that's what he attempted to do. And here's what happened to Ranger Chan. Friday night after the manor play, and it was after I got all the, the guests out, followed by all the cast, the... Uh, stage manager, I believe, Don at the time, he said, good night, Chan. Um, everyone's out. So normally I went back to do my routine, check the windows, check the doors, make sure it's secure, take out the trash, make sure one last round and nobody's just in the mansion. Come back up to the step. The last two lights that I live on is these two sconces, so I can kind of see uh, where the alarm panel is, so I can disarm it. I walked over to the, to the alarm panel, I disarmed it, went over here to the switch, the switch is by the door, I hit that one, it's the third one, mm -hmm. to get the sconces out. Walk over here to the, to, to the uh, door, normally it's, it's always a routine for me, simple, just a twist, turn to the left, and then off and go. But that night was different. A twist to the left, the door will open. With all my force, and Turn and push it again. Couldn't get the door to budge. At the moment, to my left side, my ear from from, from my top of my head, on left side, the ear. I felt if if it felt like someone has run their finger from top of on my left side top, ran the fingers like slightly down to my ear, and then and then lean off my shoulder off. At that moment. I just freaked out. The door suddenly opens up and I was allowed to exit. I stepped out, the door was closing, and I grabbed my flashlight, turned it on, and it shined through the door to see if, finally, you know, to look through if I locked somebody in or I had missed someone, you know, that, that said, hey, you locked me in. I got myself to calm down and cool off. I unlock the door, open a jar, stick my flashlight into it first, shine towards the stairwells, no physical being there. 
I realized, oh, the alarm, I have to, I have to disarm it before it rings. Right. Got myself together again, slide in, but slide towards the right, facing, I'm facing the stairwell now. Mm -hmm. Just looking with my flashlight on, shining everywhere. This, I disarm the mansion, the, the, the alarm panel. Now it's going into standby mode before I get armed again. Mm -hmm. So that second, five seconds I waited. With my flashlight, I scanned the second floor stairs down on the bottom. Never made any communication. I was totally silent. I just looked around. Now, trying to figure what touched me, what had happened, you know. So the long panel say, okay, now it's ready to be armed again. It's back on standby. I armed the mansion, still facing the stairwells. I slide back over to the light, to the door. My, now my back is facing the, the door with my left hand. Reach behind my back, grab the knob on the door, open it, walk out. And close close it. And you never saw it. Never anything. seen nothing, yes. I never heard a voice. I never saw anything. I never even make any type of communication. Hi. Who are you? Just totally silent for that. 15 seconds I was like standing by this this Omni Mansion and Omni Mansion and slide back and walked off. So that's nuts. Isn't that crazy? So what you're going to be hearing throughout this podcast is my actual interviews with the the people that had these crazy paranormal experiences. You're going to hear the the Rangers radios going off. Maybe my phone. Somebody's trying to get a hold of me. It's the airplanes. It, these are the these are the real. interviews we did. Yeah, and transcribed them. Yeah, for the book. Yeah. So, but but here here's the thing about that story, and and what. I love about it is that he can't get the door open. Right. He's used to, like he says, every time I go, I turn it left, I walk out. He tries to turn left, tries to turn left. He's, he's stuck. He feels a hand on his head. And once he starts freaking out, then the door opens. Yeah. It, it, then, allowed him, then allowed him to leave. That's happened in several stories, by the but way. But he ran out, right? I he mean, ran he was out. done. Yeah. He wasn't coming. And, and again, when, when I talk to these people... When you take, I, I purposely brought Chan back to the location, mm -hmm. which I did to a lot of people that we interviewed. I would bring them back. He's to an the awful person. I am not. Well, I am. I am. But, but I, I brought most of them that I could back to the location where it, it scared the hell out of them. And you would see that and you would feel it in the interview when they're telling me. So, yeah. uh, and by the way, Chan kind of has... The gift he can feel things, and that's another and the gift thing. Is the gift is the abilities, be able to feel, sense, hear, yeah. smell. Um, the amount of people that have worked for Greystone that have been rangers that have had the gift is unbelievable. And I don't know if it's a, if they're drawn to the place. Mm. Uh, Ranger Juan certainly was, and that will tell you his story, but uh. I mean, Steve Clark, all these people have these gifts, Luz Rodriguez, mm -hmm. and they're able to sense all this stuff. So once you have, this is my opinion, probably not yours. Go ahead. He's a skeptic. My opinion is when you have that ability, 
you have an aura. You have a sense about you that the spirits on the other side can see. And they go, ah, I can connect with that person. So a lot of the times, I believe, what's happening is they're trying to connect to you. Maybe not scare you. Some definitely were trying to scare you. But um, a lot of the times, like touching his hair on the top of his head, going down his shoulder, that's horrifying because there's nobody there. But that's not, they're not trying to go, they're not trying to just really freak you out, although it does freak you out. So that's your opinion. That is my opinion. Yes. Do you, do you feel differently? No, I just think, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel there are some, uh, there are beings and, and spirits and energies. Um, and I, I know Chan from being up there for 18 years and he's a straight shooter and doesn't yeah. want it to happen to him. So yeah. I, I, I do believe him, but it's just hard for me to, to, you know, well, clock that it's, and, and if it hasn't, they're ha- doing this because, oh, here comes somebody in the right. house and right. But if it hasn't happened to you, yeah. then you don't have a frame of reference. And I totally get that. Yeah. I, I totally understand. I actually had something happen to me that... That'll be another chapter. I don't want to talk about it. But well, let's talk about uh, Chan's story dovetailing into... Oh, yeah. Okay. So so Chan goes through that and um, horrifies him. So I'm I'm on the property one day. And I used to, you know, at the end of the day, park up top, walk up top, get my car to leave from the top parking lot. And I went up the one one day and I saw this man and his wife, a son like 10 and a daughter about 12 or so, standing at the kiosk that's at the top parking lot. And they're reading all the information that's there about Grace and everything. And I just happened to walk by. I said, how you doing? And they're from Australia. He goes, oh, I'm great. You know, everything's good. I just saw all this thing. And I was Since just you're like, Australian that, That's as good as I can do. Okay. And I was just looking at this and I was just wondering, you know, we, uh, there will be blood was, you know, shot here. And I said, yeah. He goes, that's, you know, we're, we're going on our way to London. And we're, that's part of our, you know, bucket list was to come by here. And I said, oh, really? I said, uh, do you want to see the bowling alley? Oh, my God. They, they, they were just so excited. It was so beautiful. That so was exciting. really nice that you did that for them. Well, I Made mean, their trip, I'm sure. I usually look for people who aren't expecting it, mm. like have, they're not staying by front door. Is there any way I can get it? No. It was always people, and hopefully from out of town, because they've come a long way, and it was just really cool. Yeah, so I cool. said, come on, let's go in. He goes, oh, my. He couldn't believe it. You're kidding me. Let's do it. So they go in. I bring him into the bar. And by the way, tell them that. The people aren't allowed to go inside the mansion. You just yeah. can't walk inside. It's cl- it's closed up. They have tours. Yeah. Uh, what January through April. Right. But nobody is yeah. allowed to wa- just walk in. Limited tours. So the only way you can get in the mansion usually is through an event that's there, or right. possibly a wedding. You can do a walkthrough. They call right. it. But that's it. So uh, I would, you know, just take take families in or people in or whatever. So I took this family in. Went into, showed them uh, the bowling alley, and they were just so happy, so thrilled. And then by the end of the, the little tour, uh, he goes, my God, this has been so fantastic. I said, we're not done. What do you mean? We're not done. We're not done. Let's keep going. What? I gave them a two-hour tour. Oh, for heaven's all sakes. Through, uh, we started to the, at the Port of uh, Cachere, into the Grand Entry, down into the Grand Hall. When I did through the whole thing. It was really great. Ended up back around at the grand entry at the front door. And so when I got to the front door, I said, and I do this just because I enjoy doing it. I I acted out 
Chan's story. People are gone. He puts on the alarm. He goes over to get out. Turn. He can't get out. He cannot get out. And he starts to panic. And he's standing there and he feels this hand. Now, I'm, do, I'm acting all this out for this family who's standing right there. He feels this hand go down his neck and on his ear. And, and I said, and then he just panics and he pushes the door, but he gets outside. He's looking like, oh, my God. So I said, and so he was just freaked out and all that stuff. And I said, and, and, and I wrapped it up and said, well, that's, that's pretty much it for the tour. And, and he was like, my God, I can't take the girl was out. She was gone. The little kid was like, okay. And he walked out the boy. The mom and dad came out, shook their hands, said, thanks. You know, oh, thank you. Okay, no problem. And, and they left. I get ready. It's the end of my day now. I get ready. I start to go up to the top parking lot and there's the, the, the mother and she's talking to another ranger. I don't know. I don't remember who it was. And I said, I thought I told you to get out of here. Just joking with her. And she goes, I was just telling him that my daughter was touched on your tour. They didn't tell you? No. And I, and I said, and this is this is a theme. You'll find out that I tell people before I go in, I, and I'll tell you what it is at some point. I give them a whole speech, and you got to tell me if something happens so I can gauge whether And how should... many times has that happened where you've taken people in there and you've said, please tell me, and they don't tell you? Every time. Every time. Every time. It's What is that? It's ridiculous. I don't know. Continue. So, so anyway... Uh, I, I said, she said, my daughter was touching to her. And I said, is she okay? She goes, she's pretty shook up. And I said, where is she? And, and don't use my name. <laughs> but I said, where is she? She's top parking lot. I went up there and I saw her and I said, are you, are you okay? She goes, oh my God, I never believed in this stuff. I never believed it. My mom's the one who wanted to do this. I never believed it. I said, well, was you, she scared? Was she scared? She or? was scared. She okay. was shook up. Okay. I said, well, well, tell me, tell me what happened. And she said, while I was do acting out, and this is another theme that happens, mm -hmm. while I was acting out something, which was Chan trying to get out, and he felt the hand on the thing, she was standing there, her hair moved, and a hand touched her head and down her ear. Oh. Yeah. So that's and how why, old was she? She was like 12. So she was not... There was no... No, I, she well, she had... First of all, she had no clue that would happen. Yeah. Secondly, it's not her thing. Right. And thirdly, she that's why she got out of the house so quickly. When I opened the door, I said, okay, she's gone. <laughs> so um, th that was pretty astounding. And she was really shook up. And I talked to the parents, said, are you okay? And they said, yeah, no, this was just wild. We can't thank you enough. So that was my... That's crazy. That, but see, that corroborates Chan's story. Yeah, That's yeah. what's so great about it. So What about, on my notes here, mm -hmm. what about uh, your tour with Krizza? That was a wild day. Yeah. Hot, hot summer LA day. Okay, so uh, when was that? Do you have a date on that? Uh, summer of 2017. Wow, okay, okay. Summer of 2017, I'm in the gatehouse. That was my office at that time. Gatehouse is down below on the south end of the property. You can see it. It's 501 Doheny Road. And um, look it up. Google it. You can uh, Google map it. You'll see where it is. So I was there, and there's a knock at the door. And it was, I think, 104 that day. The hottest, the hottest day I ever worked in 22 years. Knock at the door. I go to the door, and it's these two girls, probably about 20, uh, are standing there, they're sweating, <laughs> sweating profusely. 
And they go, what cu- what clothes did they have on? Did were they was they were very uh, light clothing, right? Uh, well, yeah, Summer? relatively. It was it wasn't like you know really thin because they're from Norway. That's mm. the point. The, I'm sorry, I didn't bring that up. No, they're from Norway, so they're used to cold, cold weather. Well, they come to L.A. to Beverly Hills, and it's 104. So they went to, they found an Airbnb by the Beverly Center, and Beverly Center is. What do we have? Two and a half miles. Is that what it is? It's a uh, two point two, two point two miles mm-hmm. from uh, Greystone. Okay, two point two miles. They walked from the Beverly Center to Greystone in heels. Mm. I'm looking. I'm like, what the? What's going on here? And they said, we just. Uh, it, you know, this is Greystone. I, I can't. I, I know. <laughs> I can't. I, I can't. Don't, I gave don't. it a shot. That's not I gave it a shot. Right this, to do. So, well, I'm. You know what I'm saying. They know what I'm talking about. But they they just wanted to get in. I said, come on in. Come on in. Come were on they in. red? I mean, were oh, they just? Oh man, they're from Norway. Yeah. And they were hammered. <laughs> come in. Air conditioning was on in our place. I sat them down. I got them some cold water and said, just sit for a minute. I was really worried about them because they were. Boy, oh, that was overheated. Bad. Overheated. Yeah, they could be. They could just drop dead, and I'd have to shove them out the front door. We can't have them inside the property. Continue. I'm sorry about that. Maybe they could. I don't know. So, they cooled off, calmed down, and uh, I said, "Well, tell me what what's your story? Is we're from Norway, and we just we would like to get into the man. One of our things was to come to L.A. and go. And we heard about Greystone. We wanted to go into Mansion. Why? Well, because there's murders, and where's the restroom? <laughs> Is that what they said? No, they didn't. They ask didn't say that. Where the but it was probably was. something like that. So, I ended up saying, "Okay, I'll tell you what. I'm off in like five minutes. Hang, take it easy, and uh, I'll get you inside the mansion." They were really excited. They calm. They they cooled off. Really excited. I drove them up to the mansion. Went to Dan. Ranger Dan, Senior Ranger Dan Hernandez, my buddy. Oops, I'm not supposed to say the last name, but don't you didn't hear that. Go ahead. Okay. So uh, I said to Dan, is it okay if I bring these two girls in from Norway? And he said, absolutely. I said, great. We started. Three things happened with this tour. We're only going to talk about the grand entry. But little did I know that through the tour, I found out that Krizza has the gift. Her friend Tanya does not. So Krizza walks in, and literally, if you see, there's a front door, the glass door, you walk in, and you're at a landing, a small landing. And that's where we came in and stopped. And the first thing she, well, let, let's let her tell you. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. I remember I uh, wrote it on the blog, and everyone looked oh. like, what happened in that uh, mansion? And I was like, okay, let, let me tell you from the beginning. So I remember it really well. And I remember Tonya was really excited about going in and I was like, we don't uh, disrespect the ghosts and the things we don't know. Uh, And I'm still like that because, I don't know, I've always felt something that I thought everyone else was feeling as well. So I think I kind of reacted a little bit different than Tonya was because I felt so much energy uh, when we went into the house. It felt like uh, I don't know what you're calling it in English, but it was like a wave coming to me uh, when you opened the door, and I thought everyone felt it. So mm-hmm. I was like, "Wow!" And my I felt like my hair was. Uh, 
So she was feeling this, but didn't say anything because she thought that to her, it's like if this actually did happen, right? To her, it's like everybody feels the same thing. Yeah. And, and, and I've, through the one point of the tour, I said, hang on a minute. Do you have the gift? And she said, mm. um, well, I saw my grandmother after she died. <laughs> okay. I said, well, there's a hint. There you go. So, okay. so, but I didn't know that at the time. Right. And, and, and well, let's let Chris continue. Yeah, you know, when you're, when it's wind in your hair, you know? <laughs> yeah, when it stands up. Do you up. understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. And not, not stands up, but when it's wind and it look it's like in your <laughs> hair, I can't <laughs> really explain it, but that's the first feeling I got when we open, and when you open the door and we stand in the, uh, mm-hmm. in the hall. Uh, yeah. And then... I remember you talked, and I, I don't even remember what you talked about, but I remember it was something pushing on me. It was like it's so much energy that pushed me, and I felt so heavy and so tired at my feet and everything. Uh, and then you t- uh, talked about that family, and then I felt someone kind of brushed away some hair uh, and kind of put it back uh, behind my ear. Mm-hmm. Remember, I do you remember I kind of like jumped a little bit when we were? Yeah, I sure do. And you asked me like, "What was it?" And I was like, "I don't know, nothing." (laughs) I thought I was paranoid. Well, well, I still still feel a little bit paranoid. Oh, okay, okay, because because when when you walked in with Tanya and you stood at the entrance and I started talking, you you looked at me, you, you like held your arms at out and said, do you feel that? Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> and you said, do you feel that? And I started telling the story about the ranger that was trying to close the door and he felt yeah. his, remember? And, and, um, uh, and the, the ranger at the door and also a woman that was there and that was from Australia that I brought in and she was standing there watching and she had her hair moved. And when I said yeah. that, your hair moved. Yeah. And you oh my jumped God. back, oh. right? Right. And you jumped yeah. back and went, Oh my God. And, and went, what, what, what? And I, I, my, my hair just moved. And I thought, well, are you feeling that because I just told that story or did something happen to you? And, and, and then Tanya said, do that to me. And I said, I'm not doing anything. I didn't do anything. And, and you looked at me, you were, you were scared. Actually, it looked like you were kind of frightened of that. That took place. Yeah. I was terrified. I have to tell you that that all through this tour with Krizza and Tanya, Tanya kept thinking like I was I was doing this. Right. So she right. kept saying, "Do that to me. I want to do that." I go, "No, no, I'm not doing anything." And that's why I kept going. Something's up here, because Chris is going through all these things. Tanya and I are just watching her. Like, what are you talking about? And Tanya kept saying, "I I, I want to do that." And eventually, she was. Uh, well, uh, it's another story. I'm sorry. It's another story. What, you, you're going on to There's somewhere There's so else. many. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. Because I've okay. always been like that. Like, 
never never talk about or do anything about something you don't know anything about if you know what i mean it it mm-hmm. sounds weird but i was i've always been like when my friends if i say oh did you hear that and they're like no you're so weird you're so paranoid and i'm like no really i heard something and they're like no yeah. it's nothing and then they start to like joke around and i was like i've always been like that like don't joke about it cuz you don't yeah. know what it is that's that's great. Isn't that awesome? Wow. This is the first time I've I've heard these because I when we did the book, all I got was you had gone through these interviews and given me the sections of the transcribed yeah, the highlighted parts of the transcript to, to get into yeah. the book and this and that. So yeah. when I can hear them, it's really amazing. It's so real. It makes me a little less skeptical. Yeah, good, good, good. Yeah. But the, but uh uh that's the crazy thing about all this is that when you find people that have the gift that things are happening to them at, at, at a at kind of a regular basis. It's right. not like, it's not like hardly ever, it, it happens, it happens. And Krizza had the gift and right. uh, I was just, I had no clue. Right. It's, it's amazing. It's good. Yeah. That's a great story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's awesome. She's awesome. All right. Yeah. Do you want to go at uh, what we're going to normally do? Yeah. Wrap up the show. Okay. What we normally do at the end of each show or which we will do since this is episode one, huh. is we will uh, play a sound that Cleet, uh, he had recorders in there for years and would listen to him when he's writing during the day, listen to the recordings, which were usually just blank, but he would hear all kinds of things. So we're going to try to have a sound uh, every week. A sound bite or something of something for every that, episode. that I captured and I, and I put my recorder in hundreds of times in this mansion. Imagine if you're into the paranormal and you have access to this amazing for building. 22 years yeah amazing building and then suddenly it became myself and some of the other rangers they go hey i'll put the recorder in tonight i go awesome so they would do that and then we take these recordings and i would just sit with them and not during work no of course not after hours i'd come home and i put the headphones on and i just listen in in real time and by the way as we go through all these sh- these stories i was say shows all these stories um, there were interviews I did where voices came through. Voices, spirit voices came through, and we'll play those for you, and it's astounding, and it's real. And I had no idea. I, did, I didn't hear them at the time. That is incredible. Yeah, so that, I mean, that it, I've heard. Okay, so how can you be a skeptic uh, on that? Uh, we'll see. See how it goes. All right, whatever. All right. Okay, so uh, we're going to play a sound. This is, this is our first sound, first show. And uh, we'll play it for you, and then we can chat about it if you want. Okay. 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 Isn't that wild? Now they don't. Uh, they don't know. They. It sounds like something just falling off a table. Right. How? Where was this? What time of night? Day? Okay. Your your attitude is horrible. I know right it's now. very bad. Okay. What what that was, I'm quite sure, was a design show. So mm. we did design shows for about 10 years in a row. And people would come in, they'd, take, they'd buy a room, in essence, like if it was uh, Lux Magazine or whatever, their designers would come in and they would buy a room, design that room, and that would be like the uh, in Pasadena, California, we have a what's a show house. So people would come and look at, and get, get to get inside the mansion, number one, uh, ask me if it's haunted, and what else would they ask me? About the bathrooms. They wanted to know where the restrooms were. So once that was taken care of, then they'd walk through the house and they'd see all these, and there were some amazing 
design shows. So at night, that's when I'd put my recorder because I knew things always happen during the design show. So I left my recorder one night. That happened. It sounds like a, almost like a metal bottle falling. It does. And if you and if we're gonna play it again, and and it sounds like it's hitting the wooden floor, which means it wasn't downstairs. It had to be upstairs. There's a wooden floor upstairs. Mm. No, it's definitely a wooden floor. Then, think, yeah, because marble downstairs, wooden upstairs. So let's listen to it one more time. Yeah, yeah. that's not on yeah. the marble. Yeah. So and you go like, well. Couldn't they just find out what that was? When people come in at the end of the night or the next morning, sorry, next morning, if things are moved around, whatever, they just fix them and they go in right. or, or they have, a lot of times they'd have their assistants go in and get the place ready before they showed up. So they wouldn't know from that, oh, this must have fallen, whatever. But that was probably uh, late. All these recordings are late, late, like, you know, probably between 11 and 4. So nobody's... Nobody's inside the mansion. Um, right. If it was the design show, there were uh, they'd have security. Security outside. Outside, not inside. And uh, so that's what tripped me out when when I would hear these sounds because I'd just be sitting there listening and I hear it go, "Good Lord!" And I'd look at the time because I'd measure it out and I go, "God, three forty in the morning that happened." Well, I'm gonna so, just hear it one more time. Okay. <laughs> To, uh, Trippy, huh? That's bizarre. I love that. I love that sound. So we'll be doing this each show just just for fun. I just think it's fun. So so make sure that you like, subscribe, ring the bell, whatever it is to to follow us. <laughs> what do we do? Uh, what is that? That, that we you do? can keep up with the episodes. Yeah. And uh, if you have any comments about the show, uh, let us know. Uh, put them below in comments. Um, we're always checking. Yeah. And if you have anything that you would rather be private, don't want to go through the uh, public. Just go ahead and you'll find us on ghostsofgraystone.com. You can send us a message through that. Yeah. And and, and if, if, if and if you've had a personal experience. Yeah, that's what I want to say. If you've had an experience, I want to know, man. Yeah. I want to know. Let us know. Yeah. I may and maybe you'll be on the show. Maybe I'll call, we'll put a phone call in. I'm I'm thinking of doing another book, possibly. So Book uh, two, huh? Yeah. Huh? I'm I'm thinking about it. Well, we've got a lot of stories already. Yeah. That oh, aren't in this God. book. We have things that have happened that you don't know off the charts that are not that are not going to obviously there are not but there's the some pretty crazy ones in the book anyway. But yeah, you know the book's yeah. nuts. This nuts. second book, if we do it, will, will be just as crazy. But I can't thank you enough for actually taking the time to be with Chris and myself, and and uh, hopefully you enjoyed this. This is brand new to us. We just thought let's just tell yeah, the story. It's fun. What's going to yeah. be the next episode? You got uh, Grand Hall and Card Card Room coming up. Oh man. There's there are some great apparitions in the Grand Hall. I know that from Brooke. Um, what else is in the Grand Hall? Gunshots. <laughs> it's true. There are gunshots. No, yes. No. 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 You'll hear. Gun I, I'm telling you, it's true. You'll hear gunshots, uh, apparitions, and uh, I don't know what else. I haven't built that show yet. I got. Okay. Hear we that. don't even know yet, but Come it's on. it'll be fantastic. It, it'll be fun. So and, and thank you very much for joining, and. We'll yeah. see you in a week. Yeah. So let me just say to you, just, and, and you have to please remember this. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it isn't there. See you next show. A hundred horses in five freight trains couldn't drag me into that early grave. 
I've cashed in the mistakes I've made While God rode shotgun from a million miles away I don't wake in sorrow, I don't walk in shame I don't deal in hearsay, I don't dwell in blame Sometimes it's best to forget what I know and what they say Say 